Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is, here is when America will fall, or you might say, the timing of America's fall. Now, I'm going to get into prophecy because I'm going to show you in the Bible where it says that America is going to fall. Now, since I've memorized the book of Revelation, all of the studies I've done 40 some odd years, blah, 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 all of this, it accumulates to come down to this. It's not easy to say what I'm about to say, but I believe I'm correct. And as I have studied this and said this and taught this, the anointing is on me. I believe I'm correct in what I'm about to bring you. But it does have to do with Bible prophecy, and it does get a little bit complicated. So if you're not real good in prophecy, I encourage you to stay with me because I'm going to make this as absolutely positively simple as I possibly can so that we can reach the people that are not necessarily prophecy experts. But if you'll stay with me, I promise that you're going to be very excited to know when America's going to fall. Now, not a calendar date, but in terms of a time within the seven-year tribulation within that time. Help you to understand it. Why? Because to me, I think it's brought great comfort to know that America is not immediately about to fall. It's brought me great comfort to know that we have a little bit of time. So if you're looking for a little hope, if you're looking for a little comfort to know that our nation is going to be around, I think I'm going to be able to bring that to you scripturally today. But it is a little deep, a little complicated. It does have to do with Bible prophecy. But I promise, if you'll stay with me to the end, you're going to be very excited about what you see. So we're going to talk about the timing of the fall of America today. So the simple answer is, when will America fall? Well, the simple answer is about five or six months before Jesus returns on the Feast of Trumpets for Armageddon. That's good news. In other words, it's not immediate. It's not I do not, I'm pretty comfortable in saying it's not within the next year or two. I'm pretty comfortable in saying it's not the first part of the tribulation. I don't know when it's going to start, but I think most people believe that it is very, very close. Next part is when will America fall? Well, the more important question is, according to the events of the book of Revelation, I'm going to show you what signs to watch for immediately prior to the attack of the Russians on America. I find that comforting because right now, uh, just here the last couple of days, Russia sent out all of their submarines. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you that with the prophecy of Dmitry Dudeman hanging around our head, that looks like it's imminent. But I think I can bring you comfort to say, no, it is not imminent, not yet. Now, I'm not talking about any prophecies from prophets or anything. I'm, I'm going to show you in the scriptures today. This is going to be vital. This is going to be very important that you stay with me during this, this talk, and I'm going to keep it very simple. Okay, so first of all, for you to understand this, you have to understand the seven feasts. No, I'm not going into them deeply. I'm just going to go into them again. I'm, I'm assuming you are not a prophecy student today, that you have not studied the feasts, so I'm going to keep it real simple. So there's seven feasts, and those seven feasts give us the pattern of the last seven months just before Jesus returns, and I'm going to tell you that I believe that the fall of America is on or about or just before the third of those feasts, which is Pentecost. So this is a picture of an overall of those seven feasts. First one, Passover. Passover. 
Leviticus 23, 5 describes it. In the fourteenth day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. On the fifth day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Under the Lord, seven days you must eat unleavened bread. So this is talking about Passover and unleavened bread, or the first of those two feasts. So let's talk about the first one, first fruits. Verse 10 says, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say to them, When you come into the land that are given to you, you shall reap the harvest of. Then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits. Now, we know that this is barley. reason why we know this is barley is because this is the first thing that comes ripe. And of all of the things that Israel planted, the first thing to ripen every year is always the barley. It doesn't say barley, but we know it to be barley. We also know, and again, I'm keeping this simple, barley represents the Jews, wheat represents the Gentiles. Keeping it simple. First fruits of barley of your harvest. You should bring, offer on that day a sheaf. What's a sheaf? Well, it's about a handful. If it's grain, it's a handful like this. If it's the, the, the barley still on the stalk, it would be a handful like that, a handful. So sheaf means a handful. A sheaf of he lamb, a sheaf, now you're going to wave a sheaf, a he lamb without blemish of the first year. That's very important. A lot of people say, how do you know that those 144,000 are one-year-olds? How do you know they're Jewish? And how do you know they're boys? Well, plah, there it is. That's the scripture because Again, the, the feasts are the pattern of the last seven months. So when it says a he lamb, it's saying that they have to be Jewish boys because they're bar, the barley harvest, so that's Jewish. Without blemish, they have to be perfect and of the first year. So it's saying that the 144,000 are one-year-old male Jewish boys without blemish and in Revelation 14, I'm going to show you where it says that's a requirement. The meat offering thereof shall be two-tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil. So here, in this, they can't put leaven in it. So they have to be perfect to get into the, the kingdom of heaven here. However, in the next one, I'm going to show you it's not oil, just oil. They can actually add leaven. That's important. Now let's go on. So... I'm going to give you a picture of this. So first there's Passover, then there's unleavened bread, then first fruits. Now we just covered Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. When Jesus returns the next time, he will return on first fruits. He will resurrect 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. Then the fourth one is Pentecost, which we're about to explore now. Leviticus 23.15. You shall count unto you from that morrow after the Sabbath. From that day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering seven Sabbaths. So seven times seven is 49 days after the first day or 50 days. You should bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two tenth deals of flour. Why two? I believe that the Lord spoke to my heart that the reason there's two in this particular feast is because there's one representing the Jews, the other one representing the Gentiles, two of them. What's a tenth deal? It's about a two-liter bottle. So if you were to take a two-liter bottle of fine wheat flour, and if you were to add oil and leaven and let it rise, I can tell you you're going to get two very large loaves, about the size of a large, medium, medium, at least medium, probably a large watermelon. Huge, okay? Now, in the first, the barley loaf... <laughs> 
because it's just one sheaf, it's only going to be like the size of a large cookie. And they add oil and only oil. So it doesn't even rise, meaning that there's not very many people. And in this case, we know, according to Revelation 14, 4, that it's 144,000. Whereas this, this is Jews and Gentiles, and it's a lot more without number, as I'll show you in the scriptures in just a second. Two wave loaves of tent deals, and they shall be a fine wheat flour. So this is those people that are washed in the blood of the Lamb. I'll show you that scripture too. And they should be bacon with leaven. Okay, leaven is a picture of sin. So how do you get into sin, or how do you get into heaven with sin? Well, you don't. That is, unless you're washed in the blood of the Lamb. And I'll show you that in the scripture. Now, to give you an overview again, we've covered Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. And now we describe Pentecost. Here is the Feast of Trumpets. This is the day Jesus returns for the second time. First time, I'm talking about the next time. The next time is first fruits. First fruits. He walks around 144,000. Then we are resurrected with the 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. He returns about 50, about four months later for the judgment seat of Christ or the judgment by fire. So here it is in Scripture. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month. See, this is the seventh month. Right down here. See where it says the seventh month? Okay, this is the seventh month. In the seventh month, the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial of what? All they do. This is what the Jews did way back in Leviticus 23. They blew trumpets. (laughs) What is that? Does that have anything to do with anything? For us Gentiles in the last days, absolutely it does. And here's where it's talking about it. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed, meaning we get a new body, a glorified body. In a moment, when does this happen? In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Well, what is the last trump? That's the Feast of Trumpets. Okay? Shall sound the dead in Christ shall be raised and corrupt, and we shall be changed. 1 Thessalonians four sixteen. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the, there it is, trump, I've got same things. Talk about the same. In other words, let me back up. So Passover, then there's unleavened bread. Jesus returns the next time of first fruits, resurrects 144,000. They walk around for 50 days on Pentecost. We, washing the blood of the Lamb, both Jews and Gentiles, go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. About four months later, in judgment seat of Christ, we return on trumpets. Now, let's talk about the next one, which is atonement. Atonement. No one alive reports to this one. This is the great white throne. This is the dead, not in Christ. In other words, they never had the opportunity to receive Jesus. On the tenth day of the seventh month, there should be a day of atonement. There should be a holy convocation unto you. And you shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And this is where I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged. And those the things written in the books according to their works. And the dead, the sea gave the dead which were in them, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in, and they were judged. Everyone according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. That's what this is talking about here. Now, let's go on to the next one. So, so far, we are at Passover, unleavened bread. Jesus returns the next time, first fruits, then We go to the marriage supper of the Lamb of Pentecost. About four months later, Jesus returns for the judgment seat of Christ. And then ten days later, it's what we just talked about, the judgment of the dead. Now, the final one is the the New Jerusalem or tabernacles. 
Speaker of the children of Israel sang the 15th day of the seventh month. You shall have a feast of tabernacles. Okay, This is when the Jews were told to go out and make a little hut and stay out in this tabernacle. The tabernacle, in other words, it's a picture of getting in the New Jerusalem. Again, the feasts are a picture or a pattern of what happens in the last seven months before Jesus returns. That's the whole point of the feast is to show the last seven months and to hopefully show those Jews that will receive it that Jesus was Messiah. Now, the overview there, we've got that. Now, let's go into a little bit more depth. Now, let's talk about when America falls. First of all, we're not going to see America fall before we see the mark of the beast required. Sorry, but that's the way the scripture have it laid out. So first thing is Revelation 13, 7, 16, and the mark is in the right hand or in their foreheads. I'm going to cover that. You know what we're talking about. Keeping it simple today. So here's where that takes place here in my charts. In the middle of the tribulation is when the mark of the beast is required. That's when the abomination of desolation takes place. That's when the, the uh, Antichrist or the beast sits on the, on the uh, uh, Ark of the Covenant or uh, commits the abomination, commands them to stop animal sacrifice, and everybody got to worship him. Okay? That happens in the middle of the tribulation out here. Now, this is, remember the audible voice spoke to me and said, the seven seals play over seven years and conclude here at the seventh seal. The seven trumpets play over seven months and conclude here. The seven vials play over seven days. So let me say that exactly. The seven seals, what the voice said, is the seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. And they all conclude here on the Feast of Trumpets. Or the last seventh seal, the seventh trumpet, the seventh vial, they all occur on about or around the same day, within hours of each other. Now, let's jump to the next thing. Okay, so first we'll see the mark of the beast. Then the next thing is Revelation 6, 8. I saw a pale horse. Now, this is the fourth of those, uh, the seals. Then the fifth seal is, I saw those who were slain for the word of God. So when the mark of the beast comes out, sad to say, globally especially, but even more so in America, the Christian killing machine is going to turn on and there are going to be millions of Christians martyred for their faith in Jesus here in America before the Russians attack. Then they cried with a loud voice. This is important. They cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord? This is the people that have been killed for their faith in Jesus and for the word of God. How long, O Lord, holy and true, doth not judge and avenge our blood on those that dwell upon the earth? White robes. In other words, it says, amen, we're not ready to judge the earth yet. Instead, white robes are given to them, and it was told them that they should rest yet till their little, till their fellow servants and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. When do we get white robes? In all of time, when do we get white robes? Who are the first people to get the white robes? Does it say that the first fruits get white robes? No, it doesn't say the first fruits or the 144th. It does not say they get white robes. So when is it we get white robes? Here's the answer. And white robes are given to every one of them, and that happens here at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So what we're talking about is out here, someplace out here, the mark of the beast is going to be required about the middle of the tribulation. Then about, and this is from here, is about seven months, about six months, about four months till the return of Jesus, 
and here is the day Jesus returns for Armageddon. So that means those people in the fifth seal are now, it doesn't necessarily mean that's the fifth year. Let me say that. The the voice said the, the seven seals play over seven years. It does not necessarily mean there's one seal per year, okay? I personally believe that first, second, and third seals play pretty quickly, maybe even within the first few months. And then the last seals, like five, six, and seven, and eight, those play pretty quickly, like over a process of the last few months. Again, I'll show you that in another, I'll show you that here in just a second, another chart. Okay, so at the marriage supper of the Lamb, up here, this is where we, along with those martyred, all get to see our white, white wedding garments up here. And their wedding garments, we do not get our rewards, our crowns, our mantles, all we get is a wedding garment to go to the wedding feast. We do not get our rewards there. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. All right. So the fall of America in general is going to be about in this area here. If I can get my chart to work right here. About this area here. Okay. Around in there. So probably once we see the 144,000 upon the earth, shortly after that is going to be the fall of America. The Russians will attack. Another way of looking at that is going to be somewhere in here. So the mark of the beast is implemented and required out here in the middle of the tribulation. The barley harvest is somewhere in here. And then the fall of America, I put that very general right in here. If I had a guess, I'd say it's probably just before Pentecost, probably somewhere in there. Now, let's go to the next point. So the fifth angel sounded. And there were locusts released upon the earth. They were given the permission to torment for five months. That does not necessarily mean that uh, they're, they're, they're released early than that. In other words, I think that they are released on about or around five months. In other words, it'll all conclude when Jesus returns. And in those days, she means seek death and shall not find it. And shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. In my opinion, I believe that that's probably the med beds which, according to several reports, can heal anything in your body within three minutes, and they can even give you eternal life. And reportedly, they're supposed to be coming out here in the next year or two. And, of course, as you can imagine, the entire world will want to jump into them to fix and heal anything in their body, and a lot of people will want eternal life from them. I do not. As a matter of fact, let me tell you. I was thinking, oh, hey, this is wonderful. I've got some things in my body I'd like to fix like everybody else. And man, I mean, all of a sudden, whew, I mean, the Lord spoke to me, not audible. But boy, it was so loud in my spirit. Uh, there was no question. He was practically screaming at me. said, do not get in a med bed. If you get in a med bed, it will change your DNA and you will lose your salvation. So uh, I'm not counting on a med bed. Fix me. I will live as long as the Lord lets me live, and then I will go, and I'll wait for that trumpet call when we get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Oh, one more thing. I'm not saying that that's the rapture, because the theory of the rapture is supposed to be, it's supposed to be protecting people. The The parable says those that were ready got to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I'm about to show you another scripture that says that it's kind of giving a picture that most Christians at this point are already dead. So this is not protection. This is reward. So we go to Jesus returns, 144,000 now as resurrected. This is, at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. 
I assume that if we're living in Jerusalem at the time when Jesus returns on the first of on the first fruits, he will return in a lamb body, just like Acts one eleven said he left in. And I believe we'll be able to go up and actually meet him. He'll be in a lamb body, probably in the same clothes he left in. He, at that time, will still be a lamb. He, at that time, will not have been crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is not King of Kings and Lord of Lords at that time. He is still in a lamb body. That's the reason it says, At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Meaning, when we see Jesus on the Mount Sinai, Revelation 14.1, let's read it. I know this is new to a lot of you, but nevertheless, it's in the Bible. There it is. I looked and lo, a lamb, that's Jesus, stood upon the Mount Sinai, and with him had 144,000, having his father's name written in the foreheads. This is the verse that upsets all of the pre-tribbers, because they can't account for it. None of the teachers of pre-trib can explain this verse. Why? Because they want to believe that Jesus is going to return before the tribulation, yet here is a picture of him giving the midnight cry about, at this time, about seven months before he returns for Armageddon. And they which were not defiled with women, these are virgins that go in the land with us, follow the land with us, wherever he goes. These are redeemed from among men. Here's the secret door, being the first fruits unto God and the Lamb. That word first fruits links up with Revelation, excuse me, Leviticus 23.10, where it says, this is the first fruits. In other words, this is what tells us the first fruits are the 144,000 one-year-old Jewish males. And that as a result of that, all of a sudden, the, the seven feasts become the pattern of the last seven months. Say it again. The seven feasts become the pattern of the last seven months. I'll say it again. This is the secret door that allows us to put the feasts and the prophecies of Revelation in correct chronological order because the feasts are the pattern of the last seven months beginning with this. This is the secret door. You can get my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. I know this is complicated for a lot of you. I'm keeping it really simple but if you really want to understand the last days, and trust me, you do, maybe you don't right now, but before Jesus returns and these things start happening, you will, you will want to, you will want to have my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Let me go on now. So this is the three angels. Now, this is extremely important if you want to understand the timing of all of America, because these last three angels are the last three events scripturally just before America falls. And once you see it, there is no arguing with it. This absolutely positively is the order of the fall of America, not the time when Jesus returned and its total destruction. This specifically is the Russians attacking. Now, here it says, Revelation fourteen six. I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel. Well, when is that? Remember the scripture, Matthew twenty four fourteen. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world for witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. But ah, there it is. Now, there fall another angel. This is the second angel saying Babylon is fallen, is fallen, meaning this is when America falls. So first we see the angel flying through the air saying, worship God. Fear him that made heavens and the earth and the, here it is in scripture here, uh, to every nation, kindred, and tongue, and people. 
Okay, so first we see that angel flying through the midst of heaven. Then we see America fallen. We see the Russians attack. After that, then we see the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, receive his mark in his forehead and his hands. So this is when the mark of the beast is forced. So this is not middle of the tribulation. I believe that's when it is introduced and it's begin to get forced. Here it is absolutely forced. And that's the reason the very next angel shows up and says, If any man worship the beast in his image, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God that has poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, meaning this is the worst of the worst of the worst, worst, worst that can happen to humans. Absolutely, positively, do not ever, 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 or allow your friends, neighbors, relatives, your, anybody you know to take the mark of the beast. The problem is, it's not going to be so easy. If you are wearing a mask, you may be a candidate for the mark. If you've taken the anti-V, <laughs> you're a real strong candidate to also then take the mark of the beast. If you can't resist those, understand what is coming is going to be far stronger in the push to see that you get it. The smoke of the tournament ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast or his image or whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Then, in other words here, let me back up. Okay, so first we see the angel flying through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel. America falls. Then the warning comes out, do not take that mark of the beast. After that is Feast of Trumpets. This is when Jesus returns on the white horse and also the angel with the sharp sickle. Behold, in a white cloud, one sat like unto the Son of Man. It's not Jesus. It's one of the other two angels that return with him that has the sharp sickle. It's not Jesus. It's one of the two angels that have the sharp sickles return. Now, this is about four months later. This is a picture of Jesus returning. I saw heaven opened. In other words, this is when heaven rolls back like a scroll because eternity enters into time. The heaven rolls back like a scroll. And this is a picture of him. He's a flame of fire. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. That's the morning star. And as that sharp sword or that morning star, that glory, as that glory hits the earth, the earth lights up. As it hits the tares, they fall to the ground and pile of ashes and bone, destroying both body and soul. As it hits us, washed in the blood of Jesus, be we on the horse, be we in the grave, having now been resurrected, or be we walking on the earth, and there be very few Christians that are alive at that time. As that glory hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water instantly, just that fast in the blink of an eye. We get our crowns, our mantles, our rewards. For us, it eternity, is eternity started. This is about four months after the marriage supper of the Lamb. So this is Jesus returning with us, the armies in heaven. We're part of the armies in heaven at that time. Now, let me also say, <laughs> let, let me back up before you even get to this. So let me summarize this. Essentially, what we're talking about is the fall of America starts here. This is the overview. You want to know what to look for scripturally just before the, the fall of America. You'll see an angel. Every eye on the earth will see this angel flying through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, telling everybody to worship God. Second thing, then you will see uh, the Russians attack America at that time, you see the mark of the beast forced upon everyone. 
And the angel then gives a warning. And I believe everyone on earth will hear this warning too. You take that mark of the beast and you will be toast, literally. Then, four months later, Jesus returns. And that's the way it all lines out. Now, I need to tell you about an upcoming meeting that Leslie and I have been invited to. And I want to invite you to come to it too. So this lady out of Columbia, Missouri has contacted us and asked Leslie and I to come and speak at a GLOW. Now, many of you know that it was once called Women's GLOW, but this is both men and women speak. Don't get concerned about the name there. It's going to be us speaking at the meeting. Now, who's Leslie? Well, Leslie is my wife. She's a prophet, and she's a real prophet. She's not a blessed prophet. She is a prophet like under the Old Testament prophets. She's going to be talking on finding the courage to lead as a warrior and a second talk stuck in a rut hut. Now, the first one is kind of giving us courage to fortify our heart for the difficult times coming. The second one is how to not get down and depressed in the trouble that's coming. And she's also got a meeting coming up, Train the Prophets, while it's not all just for prophets, it's for anyone that wants to be trained as a minister. And it's coming up April 21 to April 24. You go to traintheprophets.com, find out all about it. Then I'm going to be talking on two topics later on that afternoon. Noah's Ark confirms the Bible. We've talked about that, so I'll move on. I talked about it briefly. I'm going to be showing you pictures and everything. Also, I'm going to be talking about my new book, Miss the Mark, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast, show you what the Mark of the Beast looks like, the number of his name, and all of that. Now, if you want to go, it's April 2nd, 2022. Doors open at 9. I'll speak. Actually, Les talks from about 10 to about noon, and I take from about 1 to 5 in there. Registration is $25. That includes lunch. It's at the Drury Plaza Hotel Columbia East. You do have to call and make reservations. So to do that, go to prophecyclub.com. I encourage you to sign up for Train the Prophets training class that will be April the 21st to April the 24th, 2022. It's not just for prophets, nor is it just for apostles. It's for all those that are called to be in ministry. So that's April the 21st to April the 24th, 2022. Go to traintheprophets.com. Sign up quickly because there is a limited seating. Terry Sock is a prophecy student, and he reads his King James Bible, and he believes in winning souls so much he is supporting the Prophecy Club so that we can win more souls. So if you want to support someone that loves prophecy and wants to win souls, I'm going to send you to cornerstoneassetmetals.com where you can get all sorts of precious metals, gold, silver, rhodium, palladium, and things like that. cornerstoneassetmetals.com As you recall... Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to refresh your memory. Okay, so the story was the Pharaoh in Joseph's day. So he has two dreams. The first one, he sees seven fat cattle and then seven lean cattle. Then he sees seven good ears of corn and the seven bad ears of corn. And he sees that the seven bad ears eat up the good ears. He couldn't get anybody to interpret it. So finally, he finally turns to the man of God. Joseph, he said, can you explain? He says, yeah, the two dreams are one message. And the one message is saying, God has shown the Pharaoh what he's going to do. He's going to bring seven years of plenty, which will be followed by seven years of famine. Pharaoh says, what should I do? Now, listen to this word, wheat. He said, store up wheat. 
And so what they did in those days, and Ron Wyatt said he found the place where they stored these massive amounts of wheat. So they stored up during the seven years of plenty, 20%, not 10%, but 20% what came in, they brought it all in. They were commanded to bring it all in. During the seven years of famine, that wheat fed the world. That wheat, not rice, not beans, not freeze-dried food, (laughs) wheat. Wheat fed the world. And that is also what happened to bring the wealth of the world into Egypt. Why? Because the Jewish people were living there and God was blessing them. Genesis 41, 54 54 goes on to tell more about it, but here's the point is. He says, The seven years of dearth began to come. According to Joseph had said, And the dearth was in all the land, but in the land of Egypt there was... Rice cakes. No. Freeze-dried food. No. What is it that God uses to take care of his people in the famine? Well, the biblical example is bread. Genesis 41, 55 goes on to say, When all the the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for wheat, wheat bread. So what do you suppose in the seven years of famine in the last years What do you suppose we should have to prepare for seven years of famine today? Perhaps the same thing? Wheat? Let's go on. So here's what we've done. Now, I'm going to put up a video. It's about an hour long, and I'll explain this in detail, so I'm not going to go into it a whole lot here. But God has directed us to begin offering a way to where you can use wheat to feed you and your family, which is probably the cheapest and the best thing, in my opinion, out there to have during a famine. So we've started a website, and I'm very excited to finally bring this to you. Hopefully it is all up and working come Monday when you watch this broadcast. But what you do to go to the website, and it's josephskitchen.com. josephskitchen.com. You go there, and the first page is going to look like this. So what you do, well, actually it's not the first page, but you click on Shop, and then it'll pull up this page. Then you click on, right here, Machines Package, and it'll take you to a page that looks like this. First thing you have to do is get the machines, because wheat has two weaknesses. One is it's difficult to eat the wheat berries. That's what they call them, not wheat seeds, but the wheat berries. You have to grind them up from the berries into making wheat flour to make the bread. And... Mechanical devices, uh, maybe I'll talk about that later, but they, they don't cut it. You have to have some kind of electric mill to take it from the berries to the flour. So what we've done is put together a package. Here's the mill. This grinds. We're going to send you a mill uh, to grind it to flour. Then we'll send you a bread maker so that you put all the ingredients in here, push a button, two hours and 20 minutes later, you got a nice, hot, steaming loaf of bread, and it is good. We're also going to send you a bread slicer with a knife, so you can slice it up, a thermometer that you will use in the making of it, and also a set of beakers. I'm going to send you everything you need, plus instructions on how I have made over 50 loaves of bread. I had two slices this morning for breakfast and lunch. That's what I had. Matter of fact, that's the primary thing I'm eating anymore, so it's not just survival food. It's stand daily food. Okay, so First thing you need is a set of machines. Now, those will last for a long time, perhaps several years. We don't know how long, but anyway. First thing you need to get a machines package. Next thing is you need to get the wheat and all of the ingredients. So 
you're going to order if you have a mom and dad in a home, you'll order people uh, f- food for at least two people for one year. That's nine thirty-seven, or we figure about thousand bucks. And they, we send you the wheat in the pail so that the mice and the, it doesn't go bad, and it should last seven to ten years. Send you all of the ingredients you need, and you just click on add the cart. And also, if you want to have food for four people, then it's a little bit more. If you want to have food for six people, it's a little bit more. Now, you compare that. Okay, so you got to have the the mechanicals, which is about 800 And then you have to have the actual food. Two people one year is about $2,000, including shipping, that kind of a ballpark. Four people one year is about 3000 Six people one year is about 4000 But if you compare that to what it costs in other places, this is what you're going to find. You're going to find that most of them cost about $10,000 per year per person. This is about $1,000 a year per person. What? Yeah, about $1,000 a year per person. So at that, (laughs) what we're offering you is about 10 times less than what all of these other survival food places, all these people selling survival food, my opinion, they're not doing it right. They're offering things that are very, very expensive. You shouldn't have to pay $10,000 a year to feed one person. But in most cases, it is. However, with wheat, if you do it our way, and it's not only is better for you, as the video I'm going to post up here, if you'll go watch it, it'll explain to you, but it's also far cheaper. So what do you do? I'd recommend that you go to josephskitchen.com. I'll back up here. There you go, right there. josephskitchen.com. Take some time exploring through it. What you want to do, if you've got, um, say, a mom and a dad, or if you've got, if you've got three people, matter of fact, if you've got two people in there, you might even want to order the four people one year package. Just make sure you got plenty. But definitely, if you've got more than two people in your home, you definitely want to get the four people one year package. If you've got, say, mom and dad and two or three kids, uh, you definitely want to get the six year package. But here's the thing for about $4,000 to $4,500, you can feed them all for a year. <laughs> Nothing else comes close. You can compare that. Most of the time, you'll spend $60,000 to feed six people for a year, not $4,000. Josephskitchen.com, best deal out there, I think. Now, maybe somebody who got a better deal. <laughs> uh, I haven't searched everything, but I doubt it. God used wheat in the days of Joseph to feed the world for seven years, and I think he's going to do it once again. So our prices are about $2,000 a year, two people, about $1,000 a year per person, okay? Yeah, give or take, about $1,000 a year. So you got six people to feed, yeah, less than $6,000. The good news is EMP Shield has devices the military testing facility says protect 100% against EMP, solar flares, lightning, power surges, backed by a 10-year warranty and a $25,000 insurance policy. View simple video installation instructions for home, vehicles, RV. You can have electricity in a blackout. Use the promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card and it helps your profit. Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.